this episode of Comedy Rewind. Does Sister Act have the best example of a faith-based message blending with comedy? Does anyone remember Harvey Keitel being the main bad guy here? Have the reputations of the Catholic Church taken too much of a hit for Sister Act 3 to have any chance of success? All of this and more on Comedy Rewind. 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 Push Rewind. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio Technica as we rewatch the great comedies of the 1990s. I'm your host, John O'Peck, and joining me is Brother Christian Puente. How you doing, Pixel Brave? Hey, doing great, doing great, John. Good to talk to you again. Good to talk to you again. And yeah. see you. We're in the future, man. Yeah, I know. 2020, it's, it's... and this is like, <laughs> this right now, quarantine could not be a better time to celebrate like the wonderful technology. You know, some a lot of times I am like, I was born in the wrong era. I should have been born in the, I don't know, 50s, 60s or something. But then, like, times like this, like, I can see you half a world away right there. You know, I can see yeah. the cool long locks you got <laughs> growing there. I, I see you sporting the Audio-Technica gear, too. Shout out to them, you know. So Absolutely, so, yeah. So. Yeah, it is cool that we can still connect. And uh, it, it's actually, I think us podcasting community people have a bit of an edge in COVID, whereas we're used to kind of communicating mm-hmm. like this, whereas, yeah. you know, or I guess just internet communities in general versus just the, the rest of the population that's had to get their head around like Zoom mm-hmm. and like all time zones and all that kind of thing. Yeah, but my, hey, uh, we're here. My, my, uh, my dad is a teacher and, and he they're having to do virtual uh, sessions and, and he, he did text me saying, hey, what do you know about webcams? What do you know about green screens? And, and yeah, so like he, he knew who to ask. He knew, oh, you know, my kid, he does all that weird video yeah. voodoo stuff. Let me hit him up. So yeah. <laughs> He's a nerd, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so for people that might have missed our Big Daddy episode in February, that was the last time we had you on here. Yeah, with but, uh, Mario. You, yeah, with, with our friend Mario. But you, you typically are, are you know, known in, in our online community as a videographer and with all the quarantining and stuff happening and you being a, a very well-behaved um, isolator <laughs> yeah. in, 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 in over in Texas, uh, I'm guessing that must have had a pretty big hit on your ability to get out there and film community gatherings and uh, events that, that you usually make a bit of bread out of, right? Yeah, I can share a quick story actually. Um, so... For my day job, so yeah, so yeah, for anyone who doesn't know me, my name is Christian, aka Pixel Brave, and you know I do video editing and video shooting, and uh, but as my day job because you know it's you know video production is kind of a freelance thing. Um, mm-hmm. So as my as my day job, I'm a substitute, and spring break is around the the middle of spring break is when uh, like work from home hits, and uh, funny thing, I, I was like, oh, what am I gonna do for money or or, or whatever, and and uh, and uh, I got an invitation to be an extra on a shoot that was shooting here in, in Austin, actually in the local Austin area. Like I would have had to drive like an hour, an hour outside of Austin. And as soon as I packed my bags and everything and I hit the road, I got another email saying, you know what? Never mind. This is a lot more serious than we thought. So turn around. We're not going to shoot. And we don't know when we'll, it was like a complete 180. It was like, we can't wait to see you guys. We're all going to be safe and this and that. And then it was like, actually, no, um, the more we're hearing about this, um yeah we're clo- we're closing down production and we don't know when we'll be back we'll be back and so that was yeah. like the first sign of like hey yeah so this is probably definitely gonna impact and probably i'm gonna have to change my mind personally about like how i what i want to do this was definitely for a lot of people uh including myself like it's supposed to be like a big year for doing big things and big plans and mm. and now it's all <laughs> now it's all i was gonna say throw out the window but i'll try to be optimistic it's all just tabled for now yeah, I mean, I guess to, to bring it into context of this podcast, it's kind of emblematic of what's happening in Hollywood at the moment with like so many productions just, you know, seized up in the middle of shooting or in the middle of pre-production or casting or whatever it might have been. Like, there's just so much that I've been looking forward to mm-hmm. that we all have to wait for, whether it's like Stranger Things next season or yeah. the next season of The Witcher or these marvel movies that we all expected to come out this year and, uh, and that kind of thing so a really big headline yeah. was when the batman movie had to stop production and that was like maybe less than a week but mm. after they had just wowed the world with their new trailer um which yeah, which, which apparently like for us it's a really cool trailer and apparently the footage from that is only like the the movie itself is only 25 percent shot or something like that and so that was already a really okay. cool trailer for that but yeah i think it wowed the world, and I think less than a week later, they're like, "Oh, Robert Pattinson himself, the Batman, has COVID, so we need to shut yeah. down." So, yeah, it's it's definitely affecting a lot of us. 
it's it seems like it's starting at least in some parts of the world to to shift like we we've heard a big story this week in australia is that tom hanks who was one of the first celebrities to get COVID when mm-hmm. he was in uh queensland in australia he's now flown back to australia to resume filming oh, okay. for that production so i guess there are states and parts of the world where there's less cases and it's safe to go out and film again mm-hmm. So hopefully that means that we uh, don't just get, you know, a thousand movies all coming out at once and <laughs> yeah. kind of start to trickle back in. Yeah. But um, we are, we're here today to talk about Sister Act, yeah. uh, which is uh, the first, one of the first female-led films we've done on this podcast. It, there wasn't quite the, uh, the leading female role in, in the big comedies of the 90s. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a great one to, to talk about with Whoopi Goldberg there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a really big name in the 90s, yeah. still mm-hmm. relevant today for, for different uh, reasons, <laughs> which we'll get to later. Yeah. But um, yeah, like tell me a little bit about your experience with this movie because it's one that you picked from a bit of a list of, yeah, of options. I think it's because I knew like it would make me the happiest because I you know it's a it's because because it is a comedy. It's a light-hearted comedy. I mean, actually, like I'm so dumb. It's comedy rewind, so every movie's gonna be a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I just meant like of all the comedies there, it shone brightest because you know it's a it's a poppy like you know it's a musical, and I love musicals, and uh, mm. so my my history is kind of limited with it because I always have the impression like I so I saw it as a kid, but bits and pieces like on TV like I'd never seen it from beginning to end, which I'd mentioned before, but just the wow. bits and pieces that I had seen left such like a, a really big impression. Uh, that like yeah when I saw it I was like oh man I haven't seen it in a while and I really that's a, like like it's kind of like out of sight out of mind and now that I'm reminded of it it's like oh wait that's I would love to rewatch it again and and get to talk about it but yeah um so I, it was really popular growing up like to find it on TV I don't watch TV these days but like yeah growing up like there were lots of TV channels that I don't know I don't know about over there but over here yeah like that would just run lots of like classic movies and. Um, Hmm. but that was one that showed up a lot like on the weekends and and i would catch like a lot of it but i never saw the beginning and i was like also a perfect time to finally see it from beginning to end (laughs) and i the funny thing is i mentioned to you i was like you know what i i never i never did see like the first 15 minutes and when i watched it i was like wow i've only seen like 30 minutes of this movie like like there's a whole hour (laughs) that i think you know it's just that those you know those bits and pieces they, they all felt like a complete movie you know yeah, um, but the, the the first fifteen minutes probably gives it a lot of much needed context as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I knew enough, like I knew oh she's because you you in the conversations that she that she has with the reverend and the lieutenant, like yeah. anyone that jumps in the middle of it can kind of put together oh she's in hiding and obviously because the way she acts like that's the whole thing is like her being undercover and all the scenes mm. are that so um so even jumping into the middle of it um on a rerun you know you can kind of put two and together what's going on. But yeah, having more context of what she's running from, who man, when I saw Harvey, Harvey Keitel, was, I was like, "What? He's the guy that?" Because I don't think I even ever saw who like the bad guy was. Like I always knew that she was hiding from someone, that she saw something she shouldn't have seen. But man, Harvey Keitel, oh my gosh, I, that was that was funny to see him there. Um, it was yeah, that was funny for me too because uh, yeah, obviously similar to you, I watched this as a kid. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who Harvey Keitel was. Yeah, like yeah. I hadn't seen any of the Tarantino movies mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So to um, to actually have a, a bit more of a connection with yeah. his character type, like as, as a character actor and know like, oh, you know, this guy's a pretty big hitter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, it, it definitely hits a little differently as an adult. Yeah, but uh, even as a kid though, the, it really resonated with me. I was, uh, I was pretty religious growing up and still am. Like, I just feel weird saying it out loud. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> And like, and the funny thing is that like the reason why I have, so the reason why I do feel funny saying it out loud is because of, oh, I don't know if I want to make sense. So like in the Bible, it says like, Hey, don't listen to the hypocrites who like will be on the corner, like shouting from the rooftops that they're religious because they're just doing it for mm-hmm. attention. And so that is like one of the reasons why I am not usually very open. And so it's, sure. so it. I, I'm always worried that it comes across as me being ashamed or embarrassed, but it's more of like, Oh, well, like I just grew up as like, hey, don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing kind of thing. Like, um, But anyways, to get back to it, yeah, so like, even from young, like, it, outside of, so I think a lot of kids maybe saw this movie and like, hey, it's funny, she's a funny actress, and they're singing, and it's catchy, and like, you know, it's a cool film. But like, 
I, even from a young age, really appreciated, like, oh, like, I really like what she's doing. She's, like, um, energizing the community and embracing faith and stuff like that. So, like, on top of being funny, like, it also, I always, I also appreciate it from a faith perspective, like, what the message was or what my interpretation yeah. of one of the messages was, you know. Yeah, I think that's something that definitely makes it stand apart for me, too. Like, I also have a, a Christian faith and mm-hmm. I grew up at a, I went to a Presbyterian school, mm-hmm. which... You know, it was it was pretty um, foundational in, you know, the the beliefs that I have and that kind of thing. And I remember actually, this was one of the movies that you could like actually play at school, like mm-hmm. in a free period or like the last day of term before yeah. holidays. It's kind of like a, a nothing day, so it's like mm-hmm. let's throw on a movie. And when you have people from a, a variety of, of backgrounds of, of faiths, you, you have to kind of make sure that if you're playing something appropriate for mm-hmm. for children, like you can't just put on like, I don't know, like p- Pulp Fiction or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was it was movies like this and, and Cool Runnings that got mm-hmm. like the tick of approval. Because I saw they, Cool Runnings in school. You know, That's where I first saw it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like they don't have like, there's obviously no sex and swearing mm-hmm. and drugs and that kind of thing. Yeah. So even though like as an adult now I can see this, you know, there's kind of some like allusions to yeah. this kinds of, of, of behavior. Mm-hmm. It's um it's it's not like on the nose or anything. This is a this is a Disney plus movie now, yeah. uh, over here uh, streaming and it was I guess Buena Vista was the production studio, so Disney was involved the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently uh, I've got some some background here. Whoopi Goldberg hired Carrie Fisher to rewrite her dialogue. I saw that. I've I saw learnt... that. Yeah, since doing this podcast, I've learned that Carrie Fisher actually punched up quite a few scripts mm-hmm. back then, and um, her rewriting that dialogue apparently led to a lot of arguments with Disney executives. Oh, really? <laughs> because it was just a bit more, you know, a bit more risque than than what they originally had down there in the script. Oh, okay. And. I think it kind of tells like th- there's a bit of edge to, yeah, to Whoopi Goldberg's I mean, character that yeah. that really makes her like just way more interesting. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. you you touched on it as well that the aspect of this movie that that is I I feel like what makes the movie rare is it's kind of pro I don't want to say pro religion but it's like pro faith and it, I think it portrays the the mindset and dedication of of these catholic followers quite well obviously it has the character that's kind of stuck in the old ways and doesn't want to really move on with the times and kind of wants to follow Mm. the the letter of the law and this dogmatic practice rather than reach out to the community and evangelize and bring people in which is really what it is all about but but then by the end of the movie she kind of comes around and she um adjusts Mm -hmm. to that to that newer mindset and i think that is um, a really important message, not just back then, but for anyone, whether it's a faith-based project that you're involved with or um, institution that you're a part of, or it's a community-based one. Like you, you need to not get too caught up in the way things have always been done, but look at like the reason that you're there, the reason that you're doing it. And, you know, for mm-hmm. for this, um, I'm not sure what you call it. A, it's it's a, a covenant covenant what, what's the, that's the witch convent convent yeah. <laughs> yeah so for this convent of nuns uh it's it's like they're here to to, to reflect like jesus and and i guess whatever mm. else they believe in in catholicism but then when you're just insular and you don't go outside your house you, you're, you're kind of just like a monk up in a, a mountaintop where you're not actually making any change in the world around you so mm-hmm. i feel like that's a, yeah. a really cool message in this movie and um, we might get into that a bit more later, but um, yeah. So let's dig a bit into the the film itself. Like it, it received two Golden Globe nominations. It was very well received. Oh. Uh, best motion picture for either a musical or comedy. I guess it's both. And then Whoopi Goldberg was also best actress in that category. Christian, do you know what this movie was called in uh, in Mexico? Oh man, in Mexico, I can't even imagine. Um, I know that monja is like, kind of like I think that's what the word for nun is. So is the word monja? No, no. In, in the title, it's at called. Least? No? I'm, I'm gonna butcher the accent, but cambio de habito. Oh, okay, that's actually not bad. Yeah. So do you know what that means, or do you know? What that I looked it for? up, but you can tell me. 
Yeah, so like changing the habit, which is funny because yeah. um, at the end of the movie, they show like these fake newspaper articles mm-hmm. and fake vinyl records and stuff. And one of them is, I think, oh, actually, I think like they made an imitation of like a book cover yeah. or maybe she wrote. Um, and it's it's called Changing the Habit. And and I think the sequel of the movie. Back in the Habit. Uh, Sister Act 2, Back in yeah. the Habit. So that's that's <laughs> funny that uh, yeah. that, their, that their translation was uh, Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. On. Yeah. So yeah. they they filmed this for thirty one million dollars and made two hundred and thirty one million. So a very very go. big success for nineteen ninety two. Lucrative, yeah. Yeah, and I want to now ask what your estimate is for Rotten Tomatoes score on this bad boy. You know what? I'm gonna say like a high seventies, like a seventy seven or something like that. Seventy three. Oh, okay. I'm That's kind of good. in the area because again, it, it's I think it's like pretty again, it's pretty universal. Whoopi Goldberg's funny, and it's like. It's a pretty easy premise to get on. Like, you got this singer who's on the mm. run, witness protection, you know, with a bunch of nuns, and she's going to, like, teach them, like, how to sing, like, an actual choir. Like, it's, 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 and I think we'll get into this more into the conversation, but, like, you know, like, yeah, like, there's a lot about it that stands up, and that, like, there's not a lot about it that is very offensive, like, only if, like, for the particularly sensitive, you know, and so, uh, yeah, I, I, it felt like, you know, kind of a high 70s kind yeah. of thing, so. That's me personally. So Rotten Tomatoes is a little lower, but but cool. I'm I'm glad to hear that it's it's kind of in that you know it's well received. Yeah, C range. I'm yeah, kind of yeah. surprised that it wasn't higher, like closer to what you suggested. I feel like there's mm-hmm. it's a lot of appeal, like cross generational, like whether you're a child, teenager, you know, man, woman. Like me and my wife both enjoyed it. Uh, if you're mm-hmm. if you're older, if you have you know um, any kind of like catholic background i think there's things in here that you would appreciate or even if you don't i think as well so yeah i I thought it would be a little higher but i've got some criticism here from roger ebert who said the the Mm -hmm. trailer has high energy and whammo punchlines the movie is sort of low-key and contemplative and a little too thoughtful so he he gave it i guess a negative review um on that basis and i don't know i i guess from that perspective i kind of forgot that there was this part of the movie that was uh, the, the crime mob side of it. Mm-hmm. I completely forgot yeah. about it. And in my head, not having seen it for a really long time, it was just like mm-hmm. none, uh, woman singer for some reason <laughs> goes to a, a nunnery yeah. and uh, teaches mm-hmm. them how to sing. And I thought that was going to be like the kind of the, the majority of the movie. And it, it kind of mm-hmm. still is, but I guess I forgot about those parts at the start and end but i just think those make it better anyway yeah um i was a bit surprised at how little of the plot itself was like centered around her being like the new leader of the choir um i had been doing a bit more uh in these quarantine hours i've you know trying to be productive and so i've been uh reading up a bit more about screenwriting and stuff like that and like um yeah like the it happened at the midpoint which usually have e- as either like the uh uh the midpoint of a movie is, is you get either a free, uh, either either get a defeat or a like a false victory and in this one it was the false victory of they had finally performed like the the big number and mm. and the monsignor is like oh congratulations on all this you know and like i would have thought that would have been like in the first act like like pretty big towards the beginning of of them like okay, cool, now they've gotten the approval, and so the rest of this movie is going to be, you know, about yeah, you know, yeah. the, the misadventures, you know, singing together. But it's like, oh, whoa, that's like halfway. Yeah, it, it's kind of... I, I appreciate that because it flips the script, so to speak, around a little bit, whereas the like the typical, I guess, even if you compare it to like a sports movie or something, it's like, think about like the Mighty mm-hmm. Ducks or something, like the, the new coach comes in and he's got this squad yeah. of like misfits and he has to like teach them to work together. And Whoopi Goldberg mm-hmm. is essentially the equivalent of that, but... It's yeah, the, the turnaround happens like in one scene and it's like you're suddenly mm. an amazing choir <laughs> after one rehearsal or whatever and um they like they could have stretched that out to be more of a movie about that but i think what they did was better because it just kind of doesn't rely on that too much yeah yeah um usually you in, in, a, in a, i'm bringing all 
my story structure stuff that I learned. <laughs> um, usually, there's, there's what they call the the fun and games portion is which usually you, where you would normally get the montage. You know, breaking yes. into the first act, you'd see all of that, and like we didn't get the montage until again after that halfway point where you start seeing oh the church is growing more. You know, people are like donating and things mm. like that. Whereas, like I think in a traditional movie. Uh, or a traditional screenwriter would have been like, no, like the first, you know, we're going to break into the second act and we're going to start seeing the montage of them coming together as a unit, you know, and, and this one went a different. Yeah. Unit. So it was, it was like a pleasant, like surprise, like, oh, hey, that works. Like, you know, this does things differently and it's still a very cool movie that I enjoyed from beginning to end. And, you know, for the first time ever, you know, from reading it. You know. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I've got a, a positive review here from Associated Press who said at the time, Sister Act is outrageous, fun, and delicious deviltry. <laughs> the laughs keep coming, but best of all, there's much humanity at work. It's a movie that just, pardon me, makes you feel darn good. And I think that's how I feel about it too. Like Whether it's like Whoopi Goldberg's character being this kind of fish out of water that comes around eventually and, and you know at the certain point she decides like i don't want to leave i, I like it here i'm making a difference mm -hmm. and yeah um mm -hmm. just like the, the the characters the colorful characters that are within that convent like um especially uh mary patrick played by kathy Najimi. Oh like yeah. It, yeah it's um like she's just like so lovable and perky and, and funny and i just feel like i've known so many people like that over the years through like churches or school groups or whatever it is uh for me and and miss and uh yeah mary patrick like for me it's almost almost an opposite like it's so rare for me to find someone that level of optimistic <laughs> and, and and like bubbly sunshine everything and so it's like i mean it's like oh wow like that's really cool and like let's have more positive characters out in the world you know yeah it's, it's a cool character that we can touch on just for a second i guess because it is optimistic but it also doesn't feel mm. like too over the top to me like it, it feels it, you can see the joy in her and the way that she approaches life mm -hmm. and it it doesn't feel like a cartoon character which it could have easily yeah no she plays it with a lot of sincerity yeah. um i think that's probably the best way i could put it it's like it doesn't seem manufactured or like you just completely like because of her performance you know she just completely delivers like no like this person is just genuinely yeah like just she's shining. bursting yeah. like bubbly and yeah yeah mm -hmm. all right christian the number one song when sister act released in may of Ugh. 1992 it's a great one 92 it's a hip the number what number one on the billboard charts it's a it's a hip-hop track if that helps with any guesses man um I don't even have a guess, man. I don't. I don't even. Crisscross jump. I don't. I'm not familiar with that. Oh, you got to know that one. Who's that by? Crisscross. Who's Who's the artist? The artist. The, <laughs> the artist is Crisscross. Oh, okay. The, <laughs> What's the, the song? The song is Jump. <laughs> so the one that's like, like jump, jump, crisscross. Who make you jump? Jump, around? jump. It's not ringing any bells. Um, maybe yeah. In my early age, like. I was just letting. I, I didn't have music taste yet. I didn't have proper music taste uh, yeah. until a little bit I mean, later. I just like whatever my folks are listening to. That's what I'm listening to. I, I was I was so the it, same it, at that it, age. Like I definitely didn't follow that. But maybe maybe I know it because it's a song that gets played in NBA when there's like a jump ball. Like they they just oh that would make sense it. if that's if if you find that one. It's, yeah, it's I, that. I, I never watched it's that and that. like Van Halen jump and. Um, there's not really any other songs that they play. But no, I would, I would not have, I would not have caught that one. I, I, yeah. I would not have, have thought of. But that. I, th I think the reason that, like, in pop culture, Crisscross were were famous is because they were a couple of kids, like they were like twelve or thirteen years old. Oh, and they okay. they they wore their jumpers, or, like their sweaters, backwards, like their their sweatshirts, and that was their like okay. cool thing, like they would do, whether it was like a baseball top a or thing. whatever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I gotta do some research. After yeah, this yeah. I'll, I'll send you a link, but um, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Crisscross. Uh, okay. Well, uh, what have you done for me lately? As obviously we know, Whoopi Goldberg has moved on to The View, and she's mm. kind of pops up now and then whenever there's kind of a viral moment on that talk show, but not really acting mm -hmm. so much apart from 
occasional voice work i think and guest appearances on some comedies sitcoms and that kind of thing yeah i don't know where i don't know what the status is right now but i do know that like patrick stewart did invite her to be back on some star trek oh okay endeavor and again that was like pre-covid like a little bit like a little bit ago before covid and so i don't know if that's just in production hell right now because Mm. things are on pause or if that I don't know if she already shot that because because yeah Picard which is the new like Patrick yeah. Stewart Star Wars thing I mean Star Trek excuse me uh, nobody come after me because <laughs> um, that that's been in production so I don't know if that's done or if it's like gonna have more seasons if that what she's gonna be on but like as far as acting like that was like the only thing I know that she's possibly gonna show sure. was reprising her old Star Trek role um, again like on Picard. okay apparently there's a um, Sister Act three that's happening on disney plus and i don't know whether she's connected to that or not Man, good luck to them that's all i can say <laughs> it's been a long time you know i don't know that's gonna be a tricky one disney's in a lot of hot water and having her on it might be a little bit more controversial than it would have been back then you mm. know? uh maggie smith who played mother superior in this movie she mm-hmm. is probably known to a lot of people from downton abbey with a pretty big role on that Harvey Keitel, we mentioned, has just done The Irishman with uh, with our friend Scorsese. And mm. uh, Bill Nunn, who plays like the, the head of the police department. What's his name? Eddie. He's He passed away a few years ago, so he hasn't done anything since 2016. And Kathy... How do I pronounce this? Kathy Najimi, I think, who we referred to before as Mary Patrick... She's continued mm-hmm. working. She's done roles in Veep, in Duncanville, The Rocketeer, uh, reoccurring roles. So it seems to be more working in kind of the TV space. So that's good. Cool. There's not really yeah. anyone else in the cast that I think is worth probably going into too, it, too much detail. I mean, detail. it didn't... I don't, I don't think it made like a whole lot of new stars. Like everyone seemed like... This sounds like a weird way to put it. But like a lot of... Because, because of the story, it being a convent and... Mm the nuns being older so like of course a lot of the actresses would not probably go on to have bigger careers like other than uh you know reverend mother's appearance yeah Um, yeah and i mean like even like the actress that played mary robert it's hard to keep track when they're all named mary but uh, the 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 Mm -hmm. quiet nun wendy mckenna yeah yeah uh, she's had a long career like a lot of the the people in this movie have continued working so good for them uh, Christian, it's time to get to the categories. What is the most '90s moment of Sister Act? Oh man, you said moment. I I thought I interpreted it as this, like thing. or thing. Yeah, like, I I, I do that as well. So, um, I had a few. And I can, well, because like I don't know. I'm kind of sheltered, you know. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to be contemporary and stuff, but sometimes I wonder: is it just that it's not prevalent anymore, or am I just sheltered and don't see this anymore? So. I feel like the low-hanging fruit thing would be, like, the corded phones. Like, when she comes into the office, like, oh, you have a call from the lieutenant, you know, instead of having a personal cell phone. Which we will get to that later about, you know, how do cell phones change or how does technology change the movie. But um, aside from that, the whole idea of, like, oh, we have a two-month court wait trial on, like, like the long... Wait, did I have that as a a 90s moment? Just, like, long waits? Like, I feel like we're just... (laughs) A bit more snappy with how things get done. That was kind of like a hard close swallow. Like, wait, what? You've got this mob boss and a, a witness who's his girlfriend who's ready to flip on him. And, and they're like, oh, no, everything's tied up. You, I, I got to go through, get this and this and this and that. And uh, so two months, it's like, that seemed kind of like a 90s moment. But like, um, okay, and but this is this year is the one I, I was really going to introduce, though. And where I'm like, again, I don't know if I'm just being sheltered, but I'm guessing it's not much of a thing. But just the fact that she... That, the, that it opens up in Vegas as, like, with this uh, lounge singing act. Mm. Like, it just didn't... I've never been to Vegas, but I just assume it's a lot more, like, rock rock and roll shows and stuff like that. I don't, I don't, I, I don't imagine that having, like, a, a three-person, like, <laughs> singing kind of oldies uh, yeah, you know, yeah. tunes. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know how much that is prevalent, you know. I guess there's always going to be a place for the showgirls kinds of uh, performances yeah. in, a, in a place like vegas I, I should point out it was reno not vegas but they're both like basically the same thing oh, like right. as yeah, far yeah, as yeah. as far as the you know as far as i'm concerned like i don't really know i know reno is obviously a lot smaller it's probably the, the little cousin 
to Vegas. Um, but yeah, yeah that, that's a good. I've come. To, I've, I've I've come this far, so let me put out two more things okay. that, I, that I put down. Um, I put down um, divorce being as taboo as it was, like the whole like, yeah. uh, like oh, he said I'm gonna go to hell, yeah. like you know, it's like it's like. I mean, again, I'm Catholic. Both my parents are Catholic, and they both got divorced. And 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 Catholicism has changed in the last you know couple of years. So it's a obviously divorce is not fun for anybody yeah. who has to separate. You know, it comes with a lot of like you know, uh, it comes with a lot of baggage. But you know, when I think people recognize nowadays, like hey, like when it's not right, it's not right. And so you know, that whole the the level of tabooness that yeah was right there, that was one thing it, and. Um, this is kind of like, I didn't know how to word this, but like the way they depict it, like the troubled neighborhood, like seemed like I've never seen, like, I know you're in Australia, I'm a, like, they're, they're depicting like, like this look like, it looked like Mad Max, the way they, they made that neighborhood look like it, it, it was like, man, I've never seen, I, I get that as a troubled neighborhood and stuff. And, and, but I just like their depiction of it was very like nineties. Like it seemed very like that was what maybe Hollywood heads imagined, you know, the youth of America during the 90s to be, oh, yeah, they're, they're wearing spikes and stuff, and they're crazy spray paint everywhere. I was like, this is very 90s. Yeah. I feel like, you know, in Sister Act 3, you know, when they're reaching out to the, when, you know, when that comes out, and I'm sure there's going to be a similar si- scene of, like, reaching out to the community stuff. I'm, I'm guessing it's not going to be <laughs> this kind of depiction of, like, you know, anarchy. And no, stuff. you're right. That's you know? It was very, like, a... Uh reminds me of like john connor and like terminator 2 like that, yeah. that kind of vibe yeah. it's like hey yeah, man exactly. i don't care what you think that kind of like <laughs> fake rebellion but yeah so those are my 90s moments you know i, I cheated yeah. a little bit i mean it wasn't even that bad from a sense of like but like mother superior is like oh it's dangerous out there but they go out there and they're like dancing and learning dance moves from people on yeah. the street there's, yeah. there's no one with like guns or like knives or like doing drugs like snorting mm. coke out of like a garbage can or anything so um yeah yeah i mean i had the 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 not having a personal phone for for that like Mm -hmm. you know she has to like kind of scheme a bit to track down a phone to make a call Mm -hmm. uh and not even having like a a phone that people can use when they want to that was Mm -hmm. pretty 90s uh there was a couple pop culture references that i thought like you just wouldn't do them today the first one was David mm-hmm. Letterman. Like, he's like, oh, I don't want to see you show up on Letterman. I guess. Oh, that's right. You know what? Like, I'm just so used to Letterman being like a thing yeah. that I just completely forgot that he's, you know, retired. Wait, wait, wait. He still would this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just, I, I mean, I, 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 but he's in my mind, he's just such a staple of, of late night TV. Yeah. Like that. I just like, I was like, yeah, that's right. Like that's still relevant. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, it, it, right? He hasn't he hasn't been on it air. It kind of is relevant because <laughs> he's like on Netflix. He's got his own series, and yeah, it, it was that. only was probably in the yeah. last five years that he stepped away from yeah. his show. So in in some ways that that holds up quite well. But I guess that being like yeah. the go to talk show mm-hmm. to mention, like I guess if it was now, that's like don't show up on yeah, like Jimmy right. Fallon or mm-hmm. on Jimmy Kimmel or on some YouTube channel, whatever it is. Yeah. The other one was Diana Ross um, got name dropped and mm. I, I feel like a lot of yeah. people wouldn't even know who she is. And there was a couple of other pop culture references I, I won't mention because I don't remember and didn't recognize who they were referring to. So I didn't understand why it was funny. Um, but Could you name one? Or did you write no, it down? Maybe no, I could, that was I could, it. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess that's going to happen when you, you name drop celebrities in the early 90s. It's not going to hold up forever but no you've Mm -hmm. done well mentioning those ones like the the divorce thing i found kind of funny and i guess it's kind of typical of of some catholic uh followers where the priest said this therefore i'm not going to do it uh never mind the fact that he's like killing people stealing yeah right (laughs) like doing all this illegal stuff but the priest told me that if i get divorced i'm going to go to hell which is yeah. ridiculous. The fact that he even brought up the fact that he even brought up he's like I'm going to get excommunicated. I'm like as if like <laughs> the pope he's not Santa Claus. He doesn't have a list and knows of what everybody in the whole world's doing yeah, like I, it, I, I it's like, not even like I don't even remember it's not even theologically yeah. sound like this like Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's that's another discussion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So the most iconic scene for you. 
I mean, I, 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 I'm going to guess it's you're saying the same thing, too. But it's got to be the Hail Holy Queen, right? The the big first number where they're like, hey, this is the debut of the new Choir 2.0. I, I think uh, that is probably the most iconic scene that most people would, would recognize from this. Yeah, I, I agree. I w- went into the movie thinking, oh, it's going to be the big performance with the Pope and everything. But I think the first time you see them kind of pull it all together and they start clapping mm. and everyone's kind of hitting the notes and kicking out the jams and the kid the, it, it helps the kids like the kids like wandering off the street oh. <laughs> i was like yeah. wait a second I mean, like that would not happen but you know whatever <laughs> yeah but uh it's a uh, it um i think what makes it so memorable or so iconic is that it almost is its own little short film it's it's, its own story yeah. you know if you took out that scene and just showed it to anyone they could just watch it and be like oh that was cool because it's like you know it you know a choir they started off very serene they jump into a pop yeah. and then we see like a stabbing shot outside of kind of a troubled neighborhood and kids start coming in yeah it's like a music video you tell yeah yeah it, it yeah it's, it tells a whole story and, and you get reactions of the, of the reverend mother and she's kind of displeased <laughs> but you know people are surprised you know it's a whole little story in this one thing whereas the final the final performance for the pope you know even though it follows a similar thing of starting serene and then going into a, a more of a pop or a pop song um it's not trying to tell as much it's just the performance and yeah. if anything you're kind of waiting to see if you get a reaction from the pope and you kind of do you know but <laughs> uh, but by then you know it's 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 not really trying to tell any kind of story um at that point yeah i agree totally and i think it, it's just like the fusing of um you know these uh catholic hymns with showgirl hits i guess for lack of better term yeah, like yeah that's that was such a cool mm-hmm. thing and you know just being able to tweak the lyrics slightly so that instead of singing about your boyfriend you're singing about god and like mm-hmm. that that's a, a pretty i think novel concept at the time and definitely stands out and like i still remember all the music from this movie without having seen it for 15 maybe maybe mm-hmm. 20 years like it's it's been a long time but those songs hold up so well. Like they are still catchy, and yeah, you know they still get stuck in your head. Funny you mentioned the lyrics because, like, yeah, like I, I had seen this movie before I, I had ever heard like the original version. I don't think I could even say no. I I'd never heard the original, so I always thought that the lyrics were my god. I didn't know that it <laughs> was reworked that to be my guy. You, you the opening of the of the mm. movie. Um, she's singing that song, you know, in, in Reno. And I was like, wait, is she saying guy? Oh, wow. Okay. I get it. She <laughs> must later on when that song, Oh, I see what happened there. Yeah. Like, yeah, because my, my, that song, I'd only ever heard it through this movie. Right. I'd, I'd never heard it organically. Um, and if I ever did, I'm sure my mind twisted itself to think that it was saying God. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like weird Al where if you, if you hear weird Al before, oh. <laughs> you, if you hear his version yeah. before you hear the original, it's like, no, nah, mm-hmm. I, I prefer the, the weird Al. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good example. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was going to uh, say that, that really, I guess saying that those songs hold up well, is, is a good uh, segue into the next question. What holds up the mm-hmm. best? Man, that's, uh, I was going to say the message. Mm-hmm. I, I, I Like, you can still show this today and you're going to get some angry parents being like, oh, you're trying to get my kids to go to church. And it's like, <laughs> so aside from those parents, though, the message, though, of just like, hey, offer a new perspective to, you know, you can, adding a new twist to things to reach a new audience. I think that's pretty universal. And 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 just uh, uh, when a lot of the scenes between um, Mary Clarence. I didn't know whether we, we haven't addressed her by name, but I wasn't sure whether to call Dolores. her Dolores or, 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 or Mary Clarence, but um I was I would go with Dolores sure, me personally. Sure. Um but when Dolores is talking to to Mary Robert about like, hey, like, you know, when when Mary Robert's talking about like having something inside you and wanting to share it and wanting to put it out there, like I I, I really think that's also a universal message that like still holds up, you know, I think a lot of us and especially in this new age of content creation. Mm. You know, and wanting to follow that that drive inside you of like, oh, like, you know, I have a nine to five, but on the inside, I want to be a singer or a gamer or a streamer podcaster. Like, you know, I think that's still something a lot of us relate to, um, even though it's a lot more easy and accessible. There's still because of the oversaturation now and imposter syndrome, it, it can be hard to take that step and, and be like, this is who I mm. am. You know, I know that's something I still personally deal with. And so um, I think that, that message, um, both of those of like 
adding new twists and perspectives to old ways and again and and embracing who you really are you know and who that's the whole conflict is uh, dolores fighting who she really is she's someone outgoing and, and and social and 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 bombastic and she's having to disguise herself as like no like silent yeah like, obviously that she breaks away from that but like the conflict is like the expectation of her is that she would be act like an act like a yeah man. yeah no i think you, you raise a really good point about like the message there and i think whether it's education or politics or theology you need to make it relevant to the audience that you're aiming it at and that's like mm. a big thing in like schools like kind of conveying the the curriculum in a way that connects with your kids rather than you know the start of this movie is a good example where dolores mm. is there it's the catholic nun and she's kind of goofing off and talking about the beatles and stuff and mm-hmm. you know i guess the subtext for me was that the way that they were presenting the gospel or education mm. wasn't connecting with her she wanted to to talk about yeah. her interests in music and it, it wasn't meeting her where she was at and and being like involved in church communities my whole life basically i think that's a really big focus for at least the, the ones that i've been part of which is like church isn't just for people who are already saved it's for it, mm-hmm. it should be for everybody and it should be um accessible to everybody it's mm-hmm. we don't want people to yeah. walk into the building and be like oh i don't belong here or this i'm not welcome here and and that's kind of one of those messages in the movie which is like this isn't the way things have always been done but why do that for these people who you know essentially preaching to the converted for lack of of better mm-hmm. cliche <laughs> it's um you know it, they're not the ones that need to be uh entertained or um inspired mm-hmm. by the message or by the music of the choir it's people that still are looking for that connection to to what you're mm-hmm. trying to to talk about so, so like i said whether it's getting people involved in um or connected into learning into education whether it's theology like it, it is kind of in this movie or whether it's something like politics um, i think that the message as you pointed out it really is like meet people where they're at um, don't just do things because that's the way it's always been done and make it accessible. Yeah. yeah. I felt really bad actually for Dolores when she was like a kid in, in that opening scene. Uh, again, I, again. Uh, so we, we talked a little bit before recording, so I don't remember if we, this is something we mentioned only before recording or if I brought <laughs> it up during the actual recording, but like me having an education background as far as like being a tutor, being a sub, I, I, I was an assistant teacher and stuff. So like I learned a lot about like how like, you know, kids all have different learning styles mm. and sometimes what works for one doesn't work for another. And, and I felt, I really felt for her in that, like, I, I totally saw an opportunity there. Like, oh, this girl, she's obviously really, yeah, maybe she finds this boring, but she's expressing her interests. Mm. And anytime you, a kid is willing to open up about their interests, like that's an opportunity to learn how to connect their interests to what you're trying to, to teach or in this case, preach, you know, but, uh, so um, no, that's a good point. Like a, a good teacher in that instance would be like, "Oh, you want to talk about music? Let's mm-hmm. let's look at the Psalms that Dave, King David yeah. wrote, and like these have been mm-hmm. turned into songs all over the world, and this is poetry that has stood the the test of time for more than two thousand, three thousand years, whatever it is." So yeah, I mean, that's why we have good teachers, uh, hopefully, in our schools, and the what the reason that they stand out from the ones that are just doing what. Uh, what's written on the piece of paper yeah <laughs> uh okay yeah so i had music and the wholesomeness of the movie as what holds up the best and i think we've probably no the music definitely basically, stands yeah up. we've basically touched on that already what holds up the worst mm-hmm. christian so i don't know if these are <laughs> it's been quarantine man so sometimes like i don't like sometimes the things i say are just like <laughs> i don't know um <laughs> i was man it feels asterisk i am a catholic okay uh-huh. so when i say okay, so i was gonna say one of the worst things that hold up is just the fact that it's a catholic movie like i think it's really hard to sell uh a movie or a story that's centered around catholicism mm-hmm. because well for a lot of reasons so we don't have to get in all of them but like just to talk about a brief one is like you know we live in a like 
every year there are fewer and fewer Catholics, and that's something they're facing in the movie that, it, itself. Like that's not something that changed. Like, yeah, like that. It's still uh, an ongoing uh, struggle to to share faith, and and it can turn off a lot of people. Um, and so that's why I say it doesn't hold out hold up a lot. You know, so that, that's also why I'm surprised to hear that they're going to do a Sister Act three because it's like. <laughs> Like I'd be curious to hear, like even uh, how many of the cast members, whoever they cast for that, like, let alone Catholic, have any faith at all. Which again, there's nothing wrong with it. If anyone's agnostic or atheist, even no judgment against that. You know, um, I think as long as you're just putting positivity in the world, that's all anyone can ask for anyone. Yeah, yeah I, I also had the Catholic Church holding up the worst just because of all the, the <laughs> atrocities that have occurred. And yeah, 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 yeah. That's all. I, I mentioned like the contemporary stuff. There's also the generations. Uh, like, there's also like the Crusades, and 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 everything. Yeah, like, I, Catholic, Catholic. Uh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, yeah, I'm more referring to, I guess, how the image, public image of the Catholic Church has changed mm-hmm. since this movie oh, came yeah. out. It's very much more mm-hmm. been tarnished by all the. Um, you know, the, the sexual abuse and the cover-ups mm-hmm. and, and this kind of thing where shout out to the good Catholics that are still out there oh. and still, you know, being diligent like the people in this movie and still really care about their communities and, you know, mm-hmm. their, their churches. But it would be hard to go through what's happened in the last 20 years and still stand by, you know... what. what not not stand by, but it would be it would be just difficult. It's it's like if someone in your family does something and gets thrown into jail, mm. it's like it kind of hurts, and it's like you know you, you stand by your family, but you you can't condone the actions of of what have taken place, and you have to agree that it's a terrible thing that they might yeah. have done, um, but you're still part of that family, I guess. So yeah, I mean the public image of the Catholic Church has rightfully taken a huge hit. Yeah. Uh, in the last mm-hmm. 30 years <laughs> so i i guess that's probably the main thing yeah and i mean and again we don't have to, we, this doesn't have to be a whole thing but like my two cents on it and it's kind of like similar to like my view as an american yeah like there's cool. so much wrong that american that america's done since even before its establishment you know um and and all the way up to today you know there's a lot of wrong we're doing in the world and so like the reason why it's weird like say like i try to be the change that i want to see as an american citizen mm-hmm. and so kind of like with uh, so same thing I, I so i'm still practicing catholic and and the, if anyone were to ask like well why you know they've done all this stuff uh in the past and even to this day there's there's a lot they've done wrong and like my answer to that is simply you know i'm trying to be the change that i want to see you know yeah. just somebody that um more than anything spreads like wanting to put positivity in the world you know and to you know disavow the people that do shit (laughs) no no, that's good that's good um i guess shout out to you then that you're the person that i'm talking about (laughs) um and uh i was gonna say this so so i had two things and man like again so this i don't know i don't know this is also a spicy take but i was like i don't know how well whoopi goldberg herself holds up Hmm. like right now why is that i don't know if that was you you mean has she been politically uh controversial she's been like controversial i guess is like about as light as i could put it like (laughs) i can't think of anything off the top of my head like oh like she did x y and z things i just know that a lot of times she's she's just very it's so I consider myself a progressive and she doesn't take progressives very seriously. And so like when you have like a big platform like The View and there's a movement of people that are trying to do real good and she's very dismissive of it, it's frustrating to say the least. Right. So I so she's not she's not like I wouldn't cancel Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> or anything like that. Like, you know, I'm just saying that like I don't. I, she's not as popular I'm surprised I'm, I'm just I'm just I'm just surprised at some of her takes okay. is I guess what I could say yeah I don't I haven't kept up with her hot takes and and whatnot over the years so I can't really get into that but yeah it doesn't surprise me that someone on a talk show would have stumbled here and there as far as um you know their takes on things and I know she was like really dismissive of criticism against blackface at some point, like because Ted Danson had this whole thing at, at a Whoopi Goldberg roast in the nineties when they were dating, or j- or just oh. after they'd broken up, and he, like Ted Danson, dressed as like a, a minstrel, um, you know, whatever, and performer, and mm-hmm. 
she was like, oh, it's fine. Like she was laughing at the jokes and he was doing stuff that would get you canceled today. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. um, yes. Yeah, so, I hadn't heard about yeah, that. Yeah. So I don't know if that was like a nineties thing or if she's still kind of that like pushback against the, the woke crowd, I guess maybe from what you're saying, but yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. I guess, um, she's probably not too concerned. She's probably making a lot of money from the view. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and I guess like, that's the last thing I'll say, like, uh, is like, yeah, I guess that, for an example, just the fact that she can have a show with someone like, I forget her first name, but McCain's daughter, right. like, who leans very right and will not, like, give any progressives, like, the time of day, like, uh, like the fact that they can share a table and be like, that that in itself is already kind of complicated, that you're willing to be like, yes, let's give this person a platform who, you know, hasn't exactly earned their spot and is, like, you know, has a lot of influence that is not exactly the best sure. and that's the last i'll say about that. <laughs> yeah so that... the the other thing that i wanted to say holding up the worst was the way they portrayed like 20 nuns just jumping on a helicopter like oh <laughs> i've been on i chalked that up to just like comedy like that's like just a, a yeah, like, it, I, yeah they kind of gloss over that but like i've been on a helicopter that fit like four people and th- this one would have mm-hmm. this would have had to be like a military sized chopper to get all those nuns on there i think and yeah, it, it was probably worth it just for the the scene where they're like guilt tripping the uh, the pilot. Oh, that was funny. I thought that it was, was great. Yeah, and like, it's, I'm like, there's that to... there's that Catholic guilt. <laughs> yeah, have you have you ever? I think the movie's called Keeping the Faith. Yeah, have I've seen, seen that, that with the Ben Stiller. Stiller. Yeah, they reminded me. It reminded me of the scene where he put where Edward Norton. That's his name, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he pulls down the jack and reveals like the the, the priest collar yeah. and the, the dude's like, "Is that real?" Like you know, he's guilting him. And so I, I I thought that was really funny. Yeah. yeah, that was a funny scene. All right, so probably similar to the last one, who would be most offended? And I just had the victims of the Catholic Church who probably don't want to see any positive, you know, entertainment media right, right. about them. And you mm-hmm. know, I understand that. I understand that they would want to run as far away as possible, but. In and of itself, like the content of this movie, there's nothing in there that I find offensive personally. I, I, yeah, on a similar note, I was going to just say like atheists and agnostics, some of them might feel like it's propaganda or something like that. And like, I mean, I can see why they would think that, but I think the story would fit like, it didn't have to be at a Catholic church or even any church, like any institution that has a choir would have service yeah. just fine as, as as long as you have uh the dolores character just being a fish out of water mm-hmm. you know and hiding and then making the best of it with her musical background you know um uh but yeah like i but i could also see in some i do know some people like at the instance that somebody brings up religion of any kind let alone uh, catholicism like they get like offended or think that you're trying to push an agenda or trying to push theology and it's like no this is just like I mean, part of the comedy is the fact that, you know, like, it's the differences, you know, a Catholic church, a place of worship and uh, everything that they're trying to instill and, you know, versus, like, she was fighting that from the beginning, you know, as a kid, like, just like, I don't really want to have anything to do with this. So, like, it makes sense to put her where she's least comfortable. Sure. So, Christian, does Sister Act pass the internet relevancy test? Do you see it in your memes? Do you see it? in your gifs and that kind of thing or not so much i think i mean the fact that we're still we're getting a sister act three i think that that, that says a lot for it too but um i think like you said the songs uh hold up mm. and paired along with the scenes um i uh i listened to a podcast um uh, by an author named uh shay shay serrano yeah i love shay like serrano yeah and uh he actually just mentioned he was he 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 likes to interject like uh sound bites into this podcast and he was like hey let me just let me randomly hear that uh, like one of those songs from sister act yeah. real quick and uh, let me hear a solo from sister act and so and that was and so yeah it's, it's still relevant and i did a little gift check and yeah as soon as you type in sister act a whole bunch of uh funny uh clips come out so i i think it's still very relevant yeah i'm looking at it now there's like some hallelujah ones there's some mm-hmm. of mary uh, what what's her name? Mary. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Mary Robert. Yeah, no, Mary Patrick. Robert, it's Mary okay. Patrick dancing when she's in the straight and kind of like busting a move. Oh, that's a funny, a pretty scene. funny, that's a, that's... pretty funny little anim- animation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I agree. It's it's a, a movie that's still culturally relevant. I don't know if it's super internet relevant, but it's yeah, I'll, I'll give it a, a pass, I guess. 
Uh, At least until the, the, the third one comes Yeah, out. Maybe, maybe the third one will be the one that, that busted open. <laughs> um, which brings us to, I guess, how would social, uh, social media and smartphones change this movie? And I guess we can um, kind of combine that with the next question because we know that there's going to be a third version of this coming out on Disney. Could you make the movie today and what would it look like? Um, so in regard to the smartphones, uh, I, I think uh, it's funny that I, as we talked, I, I'm surprised I didn't say something like about like, oh, like she would have communicated more or whatever. But like, um, I put like they the choir would have gone viral. I think like it's it's like that just seems like, oh, a, a choir that you know is also like has a show tunes vibe, yeah. a funk vibe to it. Like I think that would have like gone viral and possibly. But I was gonna say, hey, but that could also add even more conflict because if if she goes viral then you're also more likely to have her found out by vince mm. uh, yeah i think that was a bit of a missed opportunity just in like the the way that they wrote the movie where she was on tv kind of trying yeah. to hide her face but he didn't he didn't see her and then it was just like the pay slips getting handed over to the wrong police officer that gave up mm-hmm. her position um, I, th- I think it would have been way more fun if he like picked up a newspaper and saw her and he oh. was like, you know, there <laughs> yeah. she is, let's go get her. And yeah, I think if they if they made it today, it would be, um, obviously he, they would be using social media to try and track her down and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think there would be a conflict of like, do we go and do this big show? Because it's, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of attention on it and people might put it on you know, Twitter or whatever, and then my face is going to yeah. be out there. So um, I have to disguise myself or something. Uh, I, th- I think that that would probably be a, a bit more acknowledgement of, of um, yeah, just the the conflict of doing this thing that she wants to do because it's fun and it's rewarding with the, the, the mm. choir, but then the attention that it, it brings on herself when she's trying to stay low key. So I think that's... Yeah kind of a, a missed opportunity in the movie and would make more sense today with smartphones and social media. And obviously we talked about the phone as well where she had to like track down the old rotary phone and, and make her calls out. Um, she would have her own phone and that would be, I, I guess maybe she's like smuggled smuggled in, in a phone or something like she's in prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as far as like, um, yeah, could you make it today? What do you think that the modern version would look like? I what did I say? I, I mean, overall, I think you could. And I mean, and and they are. They're making the, the in in a way they're making you know the third one, which I'm guess is going to follow a similar uh, formula. Um, but I think you could make a version of this. Um, I think you would. I think it would be tricky for sure, especially if you're still gonna, it being like her being a nun and, and, and at a church, like mm. we mentioned earlier. Like you know, it's gonna have some baggage. Um, and so it's kind of like up to the producers if they want to address some of that or just be like, we're going to reach some people and we're going to miss a lot of people. So, um, But I, I think the the imagery is so... The imagery sells itself. Like the whole like, you've got a, a funky nun. Like that's just funny. And I and I think like sells itself as far yeah. as... Yeah, fish out of water and all that and adding a musical element. Like I, I think it would... It would I think that idea still sells, especially like when, when you get a chance to, and by the way, this is what I said. Uh, well, this is what I was thinking of what the difference would be is that I think it would incorporate uh, more contemporary music. I think a lot of the songs that they mashed up with their hymns and stuff from my recollection were older songs, right? Yeah. Like, I think even at the that time, was my vibe. yeah, even at the time they were yeah. like classic hits kind of, I yeah. guess, which, which, I, which I guess technically Sister Act 2 already did this of like, hey, like introducing more R&B elements and rap elements and stuff like that. Like, I think um, like I think if it, re- if it was remade today, it would be a bit more in line with that instead of like, hey, let's take older things and 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 make them modern. I think it would be like embracing more of that contemporary. Yeah, that would make sense. Definitely. Um, any uh, any artists that you'd want to see their songs covered in sister act three man you know what would be kind of cool actually i don't know how well they would have to do a clean version of it <laughs> but i would not be mad if sister act three had like a moment where, where they did like a, a bone thugs and harmony cover okay well wow. be- because i mean it's rap and it, and sometimes it gets pretty hardcore but 
they kind of marketed themselves as, as a somewhat mm. faith-based uh, rap group. Uh, right. Yeah, I didn't know that. You know, so some so ha- so having something like Crossroads or something like that. Uh, yeah, would be kind of cool to have. Uh, I I could see them doing like a Kanye or like a a Drake. Oh, Jesus walks. Yeah, or, something or like, like that. God's plan yeah. or something. Like I can see that kind of get, getting mm-hmm. rolled into to an old hymn or or something. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that is uh, that's the, the categories. We now have the Steve Buscemi Spark Plug Award. Steve Buscemi, a real spark plug. This is a bit of a tough one because it's a pretty small cast and almost everyone is in the movie a decent amount. Like the only kind of like real small parts are like the the um the thugs, like the the henchmen of Vince. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think they were really stand out enough to, to win this award. So I wanna I'm gonna go ahead and say that the front runner is Mary Patrick. She's one of the main characters, which kind of goes against being mm-hmm. like the spark plug of the movie. But I think mm-hmm. in the sense that every time she's, you know, got lines or doing something on camera she stands out and kind of lifts the scene yeah. so that's going to be my award winner mm-hmm. no, yeah. great 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 choice. yeah and like when they go into the bar across the road like oh that's gosh. such a great scene that too <laughs> yeah yeah all right and and you know this hasn't come up elsewhere in the podcast so i'll just mention it here shout out to Whoopi goldberg it's actually her singing voice as far as i can tell from my research oh so, cool because like on the opposite end of that, or on the other end of that, I did find out that Mary Robert had a different actress doing yeah. her speech, which is disappointing <laughs> because it, you really do. She's kind of an underdog, and you do really kind of that's that's kind of a cool moment where in the rehearsal, like she's like, "Oh, I can actually sing," and then in the performance, like she's like elated at, at, at her performance, and so it's 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 like I mean, it's a movie, mm. you know, <laughs> but it's it, it's it it takes just like one percent out of the out of the does. wind out of the sails to, to be like oh it did make me really like unexplainably happy when i was watching the start of the movie and just quickly on my phone googled and realized that it was Whoopi singing i don't know why mm. it was just like it just was really satisfying for some reason i think we just want to believe that what we're hearing is uh is real uh so last question christian is sister act still a good movie I think it is. I, I believe so. Yeah. I would still recommend this to anybody. The uh, message is positive and universal, and you know, it can hopefully encourage people to embrace who they are on the inside and, and to celebrate that. Mm. That's kind of what uh, Dolores wanted from the get go. She was like, "Hey, like I've I've settled too much for being with Vince and his promises and stuff." You know, before she ended up witnessing the murder, you know, she already started talking about all the plans she wanted to do. Like, I want to go to New York, L.A., Miami, wherever, you know, like and act and and follow what I really want to do, you know. And, uh, and I think that, uh, you know, her journey is what helped her push her to find a new path and stuff. But like, I, I just think this movie is just, it's, it's a lot of fun and, uh, still, still good in my eyes. Yeah. I might have to do the, the second one. I, I don't know. Like there's a lot of sequels in the nineties that I'm not going to do on comedy rewind. Cause they just weren't as mm-hmm. good as the first movie. Like for example, Wayne's world. Yeah, 2 and that's and- my personal, that, those, I mean, that's, that's kind of my take on the second one too. It's like, it's cool and it's got some good scenes, but. I do like the first one better. Yeah, sure. I mean, I might watch it, yeah. but I don't know if I'll do it on the podcast. We'll see. Um, I'm, I'm kind of yeah. curious, though, because the movie ends with the credit sequence where they show, as you referenced before, all these magazine covers that um, are mm-hmm. showing how much of a celebrity she's become. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I can't remember in the second movie if she's bringing all that, like if that's canon, whether she comes in and she's like this hotshot who's had like a number one I, single and all this stuff. I was surprised to see that because I, I thought, I always thought, like, again, I haven't seen the second one in so, so much more longer than, than the first one. But like, I didn't, I didn't ever get the impression that like, oh, like she's like made it big or something like that. Like, like, uh, and so it, I, I, I kind of am curious to check out yeah. the second one. <laughs> it might... If nothing else, at least just the start, at least just the first scene, just to kind of be like, wait, so how, do, you know, what, what's going on? Was that canon? Yeah, it might have just been not? a fun credits sequence, but uh, I'll, I'll DM you if I watch it before, before you. <laughs> okay, well that's it, yeah. Christian. We've we've covered the movie. I'm, I'm, I agree. We should definitely recommend it. I think that it, um, as I said before, it's very wholesome. You can watch it with your parents. You can watch it with your kids, and. Uh, it's funny like there's just like genuine comedy here there's physical comedy there's a lot of like just visual gags that um that work really well with the nuns running around the casino and that kind of thing 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a great, it's, it's, like, it's, it's so very 90s. Like we, we didn't have too much to talk about as far as like the most 90s moment, but all the like people, like the bikers in the bar and like the kids on the street. Yeah. The aesthetic more than anything. I, yeah. I, I, we should have said that. But at the same the time, like it's, the most there's a sense of it, it where it is quite timeless because of the, you know, the, the, the convent itself, like not having technology and not having um phones and internet and that kind of thing like i imagine it would be pretty similar today if you went into a monastery or something so that that whole element of it and her feeling like she's in a prison mm-hmm. i think that really holds up well as well so mm-hmm. uh yep disney plus get onto it if you um haven't seen the movie for a while but definitely holds up um christian if you'd like people to find yeah. you on social media where they, where can they do that well, I am laying low these days, but anytime, as always, you can find me on Twitter because I, I love staying in contact on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter uh, at PixelBrave, um, and maybe then on the next one, I'll have more, I'll, I'll have more uh, platforms to share. But right now, more than anything, cool. like like I have an Instagram, man. Just this is side note. I have an Instagram, and you can you can follow yeah. it if you want to, PixelBrave. But I have not updated it since January. That is the last time oh, wow. I've posted anything. You know, not a not a not a food selfie, not a not a <laughs> not a, a sunset or or any of those other cheesy Instagram things like a pretty flower. Like it's just dead. Along with everything else, uh, my YouTube inactive. Uh, everything is inactive right now except for my Twitter. So um, that's the best place to find me, probably. Sure. Well, I look forward to to all of that stuff coming back at some point. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of like food selfies, I have to thank you for the the taco oh. soup recipe, the <laughs> Tortilla, tortilla, tortilla soup, soup recipe. Dude, yeah, I'm so cool to hear that you. It's uh... um, it's become like a staple, like every few weeks over oh, here. Oh, dude, that's awesome. House, I so. actually haven't had it in a long time because like I'm uh, again we we mentioned this a little bit before. I'm trying to be more healthy, and so I'm like, oh, like that's it's a bit carb heavy with all that, but it's uh, good stuff. But it's really yeah. good. It's really good. Yeah 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 uh, of course you can catch me on uh, social media at Jono himself uh leave your podcast reviews on your service of choice whether it's apple Podcasts, Podchaser, wherever you, you get your audio goodness that's how you can help the show you can also do so by heading over to patreon.com slash we are eight bit that's a t e b i t that's where you can chip in a few bucks a month to you know get around the the 8-bit collective and all the great podcasts and, and video content we're doing so this weekend as of this podcast uh being published my pax panel is going to be going out live uh pax online so you can check that out at twitch.tv slash pax uh it will be i believe uh 10 30 p.m on the pacific coast friday uh the september the 18th a bit later for, for the rest of the u.s but uh in australia it's 3 30 in the afternoon <laughs> on saturday so uh pretty happy with that slot and that's going to be talking to jennifer hale and yuri lowenthal two great voice actors in the video game and uh, animation industry so talking all about just the, their performances motion capture voice acting all the things that help bring iconic characters to life like spider-man and commander shepherd and prince of persia and all kinds of just amazing roles that they've both had over the years so definitely check that one out and if you miss it it will of course be going up on the putting in work podcast feed Uh, but for now dear listeners thanks for joining us on comedy rewind be kind rewind